The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz, and I can't stop stumbling over my own words. This is literally the 30th time I did that intro. You missed it because I said <laughs> I sang some Blame It on the Rain. Oh, they're not going to miss it. They're getting that oh, again. Yeah, they're, they're I'm plugging get it at that some in point. The very, stick around at the very end of the episode. You can listen to all the takes it took to try to just spit all that out. Uh, and again, I even said it. I, I had to re-say it because I'm clipping that piece out where I messed it up and fixing it. But good Lord, dude, I don't know what's going on today. I, you would think I could talk right now. I just finished recording another podcast, so I should be nice and limber. My 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 uh, vocal cords all stretched out. You would think, right? No. I'm like I'm to. like that that kid that just got up off the couch after a week of playing video games that decided to try a marathon. It's not going to work. Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, is you it get like up off adult? the couch after playing a, a, a nothing but video games after a week, and you're trying to run a marathon, you're falling over in cramps. There's no stretching out happening. Oh, you're drawing a parallel between your legs not working and your voice not working. Yes, I got it now. Or or Chris. I don't know. You My sat on the toilet for too long. How about you sat on the toilet for too long and you tried to stand up? That's exactly how my vocal cords sound. <laughs> That's how they feel. Oh God. Um, so we're back. We're back to t- <laughs> all excited, sure? right? So we're back. Um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah, back. Here we man. are. I just feel like every time we open the show, it's a COVID. Like the, the opening of our show is always COVID. It's COVID, and then we do our show. And I don't want to talk about COVID today. How about it's an escape? I'm over COVID. <laughs> It's an escape from from something, not unlike this movie that we'll we'll cover here shortly. Oof. You like that? I'm a Segway man. There you go. You got the Segways, dude. The Segways. Um, what's new with you though? Anything new? I got my shot. <laughs> <laughs> I got my COVID the, shot. Would you get the Pfizer or Moderna? Or I got J&J? the Pfizer. I got Pfizer. the big P. No arm pain? Um, no, I could lift my arms up, no problem. The day after, the day of. Nice, dude. Nice. Any any reactions at all? Did you have anything? Um, no. I, didn't I heard that's COVID. because it's not as effective. So you might not be feeling anything because you got like water. They just squirted water into your I'll shoulder. Just, you know what? I'll just start getting. Uh, I'll just start walking. They didn't give me the fighter shot. They gave me the Vi- the Viagra shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Start Lord. walking around, bumping into doors before I get there. <laughs> that's a boner joke. Oh man. Um. So you got your shot, dude, and you felt nothing. That's awesome for you. Uh, yeah, it was just a little prick. I'm totally not not after that Viagra shot. Uh, I'm Mm-mm. not looking forward to the second one because I know you're, people get sick. I'm already taking two days off of work so that I don't have to worry about it. Are you? Is it on a? Is it scheduled on a? Uh, mine's on a Wednesday. Week? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I took Thursday and Friday off. I kind of wish mine. My next one is on a Friday, so I kind of wish I was 
it was a Thursday that I was getting it, but yeah. you know, that way I could take a day off work instead of just hate my weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. How's the house hunting going? Find something? Uh, it's already done. All set. Good yep. So it's just Life's a matter of waiting. It's, it's a matter of waiting for it to be built. Oh, okay. Cool. cool yeah. Cool. So I will have a house of three for the next six months. What's that like uh, building houses nowadays? Is it slower than it used to be because of COVID? No. Um, oh. But there is a change in, or not a change, there's a, uh, a, a, a shortage of wood, which is hilarious. But yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Um, so houses, the, the cost of lumber is going up. Oh God. Be, uh, you know, for, for most things, because lumber is now uh, more expensive for the, uh, the builders to purchase. So I've seen some places where houses have gone up. Like I read a, an article that said they've gone up like 20 grand because the cost of wood has tripled. Holy crap. Yeah. That's Isn't that fun? Much. That's a little much. Well, I mean, when, when wood goes from like a dollar fifty a, a, a board foot, which means yeah. that for every square 12 inches, uh, it is a dollar fifty. Then it goes to two to three to four to five dollars in some cases more. Wow. Yeah. But these are like the rural places that don't have wood. Okay. Like, like they can't source it locally. I, th- I think so okay. we didn't run into that problem, luckily, thankfully. So cool, plus cool. a lot of places are starting to use aluminum frames for their studs in, in where they can in non-load bearing walls. So that's also a good deterrent for keeping the cost from rising. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Alrighty, dude. That's all. That's all for the check-in. We don't, we don't need any more. I, I got nothing on my end, dude. My, my, you know, I've just been working mad crazy. And like I said, I'm just kind of t- tired of COVID just because my entire week is COVID, you know, organizing COVID vaccination clinics. So Let's move on to the stuff that's the escapism. Let's move mm. into the movie talk. This week, we're talking about a film that I was very excited to talk about because you said you hadn't seen it. And when I first saw it, it was me and Aaron that saw it together. And I didn't really talk to anybody about it afterwards. It was one of these things like we watched it. We talked about it together. Uh, and that was about it. Um, so I was excited to watch it because I really wanted to get into it again and talk about it. But I was also excited about it because now that I knew what was going on in the film to revisit it the second time through, I was really interested to to kind of, you know, just watch it play out and see anything I missed. Um, so the film I'm referring to, folks, is the one we discussed last week that we'd be watching. Jordan Peele's Get Out. You got your toothbrush? Check. Do you have your deodorant? Check. Do you have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bro. Meeting families, taking road trips. Don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this this thing? (laughs) (laughs) We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. 
smoke in front of my daughter. I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. Are you ready for this? I'm back in B. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how are you not scared of this, man? Couldn't see no brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! Rose, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Rose, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Terrible thing to waste. Terrible thing to waste. If there's too many white people, I get This was, um, okay, so first Get Out came out in, let's see, 2017. 2017. So it's an American horror film written and directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame, right? This is his directorial debut. Uh, it's got a huge cast. It follows the story of, of this kid that, you know, is a black kid dating a white girl and just basically the interactions of the family when they get in. We're going to get into the plot here in a second. Um, but I remember when this film came out, it made like it was a splash because Jordan Peele was connected to it. And from what everyone knew of Jordan Peele, horror was not, you know, on the top of the list. Sketch comedy was the top of the list. He, you know, part of Key and Peele, the sketch comedy show. Um, this is how we know Jordan Peele. We know his writing, his directing, his style of, of uh, comedy through this. Um, and then he says he's doing a movie. And when you find out the movie he's doing, you're like, wow, a horror film. Okay, let's see what he's got. And he didn't disappoint. It literally made waves when this film came out. Made waves. Um, I challenge people to go back and watch Key and Peele. Go back and watch these sketches and watch how quickly they turn dark. A lot of those sketches are dark as shit. And so really... There are a lot, a lot. Yeah, it was. I get what I said. They're dark as shit. Uh, there were a lot. <laughs> I wasn't even laughing at that. I was laughing at the uh, when you said go back and watch it. I was thinking of the the one that I had showed you the other day with the uh, the guy that goes in to buy a mattress. Yes, yes, dude. Who gonna get that good deal? Who gonna get that? <laughs> he just starts jumping up and down. Yeah, there's crazy ones that are off the wall, but then there are ones that are super dark, like, like really, really dark. Oh, how about the guy that calls about the the where Jordan Jordan Peele plays the guy that sits in a uh, <laughs> This is all of a sudden this is going to deteriorate into a what's your favorite Key and Peele moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where he's sitting around, um he's he's got a fat suit on and he's sitting around and he's ordering pizzas yes. and he's like looking at every single fake or, or I'm sorry, action figure. Like he's at he a has. like he's at a party. Yeah. And then <laughs> he's like let me let me let me let me let me let me uh feel the room. This one, this one, this one, Claire. He's like, oh, Claire, she sounds cute. Did she ask about me? <laughs> Key yeah, Michael dude. Key on the other end. Yeah, dude. It's uh, 
there are there are so it's there you can see the tendencies you can see mm-hmm. that right and then you see this film and it just for me you know it was and, and this already is going to give away how i felt about it but it, it's masterful story like it's masterful you would think for this being his first film his first directorial you know this is his debut film this like what who does that who blows it out of the water first time well and not just writing it but directing it and i mean granted he had the the blumhouse name was on it so Yes. You know that they that's their that's their jam. Yeah. You know, Mr. Blum, whatever his last whatever House. his first name is. His first name Mr. is Blum, I believe. And the last name is House. Yeah, yeah. That's so how Mr. Goes. House. Yeah. Uh, as it as it were. Or Jason uh, Blum, whichever. Yes, him. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's uh let's just say he knows what he uh what he's looking for. And I don't he may put out a questionable product, but the ideas I think that he puts out a or low budget but he's got like a he's got a forum for people that want to do something that is quality original different uh did they do it follows i feel like they did i feel like they did blumhouse has done a lot of really quality horror psychological horror thriller type films and this one is 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 definitely no joke dude this one was one that just like i said when it hit it made waves and for all different reasons right it was well acted. Um, you know, it, the story was phenomenal. It the just the commentary, the social commentary, and the underlying themes throughout this film are are just you know super impactful and and you know you know it it it, it makes people talk. It makes people have conversations about these things. Um, and then you know again the fact that it was Jordan Peele, something that you just kind of weren't expecting at all. I think that's what kind of adds to this. You know the mystique to this film as well yeah well and and i think you know it, it's known now how much of a horror fan he is yeah i mean he did a couple another movie he did a uh, uh a reboot of sorts of the twilight zone which yep. i hear wasn't as good but they're they decent I mean, not bad they were decent but any type of twilight zone that isn't written by rod serling is right. not Right. Isn't you know, it's like having anybody else do Herman Monster except Fred Gwynn. Right. It should have been like a Twilight Zone style show that he did, you know what I mean? And hosted because he was playing the Rod Serling part where he introduces the stories and the narratives that you're about to watch, which was cool. It was kind of cool to see him in that regard. Uh but yeah, definitely it wasn't it wasn't Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone. Although it's you you say that tangent here, Bobcat Goldthwaite did a really solid uh horror anthology series i don't know if you've seen it dude just, what it, it's actually it's it's got comedians in it doing not comedian stuff but he's how does he deliver his lines dude is it oh no is no it perfect he's, bobcat he's the director hey, the guys no he doesn't do the he doesn't do the bobcat voice anymore he does the bob voice <laughs> coming out it, of the dark here guys <laughs> we're not watching police don't academy me, movies man. by the way <laughs> but there's um there are he he's not in those. He just directs and yeah, and okay. writes and directs them. And, and you actually probably would like them. They're actually I'll have to very look that up, dude. Like David Keckner's in some of them, but it's all anthology. So no, there's no. There's I love anthology, line. dude. I really do. I'm a huge fan of anthology stuff. Um, but this Get Out, you know, directorial debut. I I'd seen it already. You had not seen this. Um, we're gonna get right into what this film is. Let's get into the plot. 
the idea is what's that fucked that's what it is yeah (laughs) on the surface what you get on first viewing is uh this this couple this this young couple a a black man and, and a white woman who are in a relationship and at the very beginning of the film you you get these it's basically shown to you that they're they're packing and getting ready to go to her families and through dialogue you find out that this is his first time meeting the family and she has not told her family that he's black and he's kind of concerned about that obviously in the day and age we live in this is something to talk about right like you would want to make sure you have this conversation first she says she didn't say anything about it he gets there meets the family and it's immediately what you feel is going to be coming it's this kind of white family that is overdoing how okay they are with black people and black culture do you know what i mean like the one and mm-hmm. she's just like my dad's gonna tell you he would have voted for obama the third time and he literally says that later on hey i would have Ob- voted obama for the third time um this happens immediately also what you find out is there are some hired help on the uh, on the estate here that they're living in, and, and they are also black. There's a groundskeeper who's a black man, and there's a kind of a maid, a housekeeper who's a black woman. And so immediately, our main character Christopher or, or Chris is kind of like thrown off by this, you know, but goes along with it when he's told the story that these people were here ahead of time and they didn't want them to lose their jobs, so they kept them on. We also find out that unfortunately this is a weekend where there's this big kind of gathering, this gathering of old friends and, and acquaintances that come over to have some sort of party, this kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if it's an annual thing that they do, uh, the way it's presented. It um, so he's there for all of these old white people coming in, right? All these people come in and, uh, during this time he comes across another black man who is way, it's, he's just kind of a strange, like. You could tell he's he does, he's not where he belongs. He's wearing weird clothes. He's acting weird. Um, and we have this moment where this guy kind of snaps. And and what the way it comes across is like he's attacking our main character, right? Mm-hmm. Later on, um, what we end up finding out is that, and this is the spoiler. So we talk about this all the time. If you're listening to our show and you haven't seen a movie, it's the wrong order. Go watch the movie, listen to our show. Cause we're going to talk about stuff that spoils this film. Um, we come to find out what really is happening is that black people, they are luring black people to this estate to have kind of an auction because they have figured out how to basically transfer the consciousness and the brain of one person into the body of another. So a lot of these old aging decrepit white people uh, are paying big money to have their consciousness and their brains transferred over to young, you know, healthy strapping black people, men and women. Um, And that's, that's the horror of our film. And then at the end of, you know, the end of our character has to try to get out. Uh, Uh, See what I did there. Um, What'd you do? You ever see that, that, that episode of family guy? where he's sitting in the movie theater and he laughs every time he hears him say the movie's name on screen. <laughs> he's like, ah, they did it. Um, that's the, that's it. That's like our over our overarching thing. And the way that are being able to kind of control these, these people is the mother. Um, she's a, she's a therapist, but she's a hypnotherapist and she basically hypnotizes them into a, to the point where they can't control themselves. They're kind of locked away in the, what did they call it? The, the second uh, space the second space, the underneath, sunken, the sunken something. space. Yeah. That's our plot. 
there's a whole lot more to it, but the plot is basically that this is a family that does that. And it's these white people that have money that want to take black bodies. And so that in and of itself is, is the overlying story. Um, obviously if you have, when a film is really good, it's because that overlying story is really telling you a whole lot of other stories and making comments on themes and making commentary on things going on in the world, socially, uh, politically, and that's why this film, I think, got huge reviews because of the the nature of of the content and the messages that we were getting from this. Yeah, what I miss. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot more, but like that's plot, basically. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, at its core, initially, at the very least, it's it's the uh, it's meeting your your partner's family for the first time and oh what do you know you're meeting all of their friends too because boy isn't that a fun little thing to do all at one time no yeah. is the answer to that and you have to but, remember everybody's name yeah and uh the very first scene and i didn't realize it until much much later in the movie was um was uh i guess it was uh it was whatever his character's name was andre uh, Andre. Yeah. yeah 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 uh, played by lakeith stanfield we'll mm-hmm. get into that later uh, we see him just kidnapped and dragged, uh, dragged off in the middle of the street. And after his conversation, because he's on his phone, and we hear mm-hmm. him have a conversation about being stuck in this kind of suburbs, where to him it's scary. The suburbs to him is scary because it's not his environment, and he also knows I'm the black man in a white neighborhood. This is not a good place to be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, and that's the thing about this film is is we get we get a lot of commentary in terms of that side of things that, you know, if you're a white person watching this film, you've never understood the black experience. So to hear these comments and these things whispered and these things that are being said as kind of like, this is what we do. This is what we deal with. Um, it's you're right. It's immediate. It's right at the very beginning that this is going down. Yeah. And and they do. I, I'm not an expert in this at any, at any so I'm going to, for throughout this this recording, I'm going to tread lightly, but I'm also going to, based on my perception uh, of how this is, being a 100% white guy since the day I was born, yeah, not living in this, um, not living in this type of a, of um, um, social worry, and you know, having to uh, mind your p's and q's at every turn, yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not of that race at all. So I can't understand, but this movie I think does a very, very good job of making everyone feel uncomfortable when it, it, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's one or two black people in a group of a hundred white people, or, uh, if you're an, if you're, uh, don't speak the language that everybody else is speaking, or if you're, um, dressed a certain way, if you're, you know, one woman in a sea of a hundred men or, or whatever it is. If you're, if you're the minority group in that certain setting, this movie does a very good job, a very powerful way of making it feel very uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not to the degree that people deal with on a daily basis on a minute by minute basis, but it makes me, me as the viewer feel and empathize with the character that all these old white people are trying to be you know, trying to tread like, you know, but also, um, uh, tread around, but also to, um, to, I guess, indoctrinate themselves with, with Chris, 
uh, in this scenario. And, and boy, they do an awful job. You know, it's wowzers. Yeah, dude, that's a, that's a big piece of this film is like I was saying, you know, we get that throughout the film where these, you know, when he's introduced to all these white people at this party, that they're all saying the things that they think they should say to make him feel comfortable or to make it seem like they're okay with black people. But in reality, it's just making it worse. And it makes it very kind of the apparent, like it's apparent for how, uh, how uncomfortable this is. And then to like literally put him on the spot with the conversation too. Like when they're talking about the African-American experience and you know what I mean? Well, that was weird. Cause there was the, I, I think it was Japanese was asking him about that. And I guess it makes it better. I, I mean, I don't know about all that. I, I don't know. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. And then that's when everything goes to shit. Yeah. But that's the thing. So, um, see, I don't want to jump all over the place either too. So it, it, what you're saying is right. You know, it's going to be from what we're saying on our side of it, we're talking about an experience. We don't know. We've never lived that experience, right? We're only taking what's being told to us through this film, you know, how we're, we're this is the only way we we're able to interpret the feeling or the experience is based on how our main character here is going through this experience. <clears throat> Absolutely. Of, and, experience and, in there. But I think he does a great job of, of at least showing that level of, well, damn, here's a small little, you know, thing of, you know, a small little um, uh, glimpse into the uh, into this world. Yeah, it's definitely uh, you know, like I said, there, there was a lot of commentary in this film and, and themes happening underneath the the overall plot. You know, the basic plot of it, uh, and I think you know, speaking to it is the racial piece over everything from beginning to end. Uh, the conversation that he has with her before they they leave to make sure: Did you tell your parents? Do they know? Do you know what I mean? Um, all the way to in, when they're on their way and they're driving and they hit the deer, the cop has to come out like that weird kind of interaction when he's asking for the ID and, and the girlfriend jumps in immediately. It's like, why, why do you want to know what the, you know, why do you need his ID? What's going on? Yeah. And you know, a lot of that was very relevant. I mean, it still is. And, you know, not being again, just blanket statement from here on out, not knowing this world or these scenarios, I can understand the, uh, I can't understand the way it feels time after time after time. Yeah. But I can understand how it would make you feel in the moment and, and just his level of being defeated and like, just, just do it. Yeah. Don't, don't ask questions. Just give him yeah. an idea. Just do it. This is small. This is small time. Yeah. And don't, don't worry about, you know, just here it is, whatever, because he's just trying not to ruffle feathers at that point. Exactly. Um, but yeah, dude, like it, it was this entire movie is crazy in the, in the, in that regard. And, and to, to discuss, you know, all of these kinds of stereotypes, like you said, when you're talking to the, all the old people and everything they're saying is super uncomfortable. Like, it's like, like you don't, you know what I mean? Like the one dude's like, I love Tiger Woods. He's great. You know, let me see your golf form. Uh, and the other guy is just like, 
you know, um, it's just so cool. It's such a, it's such a cool thing to be black. And that's, I guess that's what they're saying later on. Like there's a reason that they all wanted these, the, you know, they all have different reasons as to why they wanted the black people, but it was all these reasons that were stereotypical reasons. These like almost as if they're be, they're not, there's no white people like this at all. Like it's, 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 it's such a difference in, the way they see the world like it really is like they're a different kind of being all together well and and uh the one older wife was with her husband in the wheelchair it's like uh was asking the obvious let's say inappropriate question and yeah. then she's like feeling up his arms and like yeah. looking at the husband like what do you think i'm like and and you know his friend um Lil Ray, uh, <laughs> his friend, uh, uh, what's his character? Oh, name? yeah, we're gonna get into Rod. him for sure, though. He's like, they're sex slaves, sex slaves, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> because that comes into my and that's the cool, that's the thing about this. I love this film in that there's a lot happening, and so watching it the second time around is when I realized a lot of this stuff. So, the first thing I realized watching it the second time around is there's this, uh, African song that is sung at the beginning. I forget what mm-hmm. it is, Swahili or something like that. I can't remember. But uh the word that they're saying over and over means listen, like listen, pay attention, right? Like pay attention to what's happening. It, um it's Swahili. Yeah. So that plays in and that plays in at certain moments of the film where you're supposed to kind of really pay attention to what's being said and what's happening. Um, like I said, watching it the second time around now, now you're not watching it as all these old white people who feel uncomfortable around a black person and are just trying to say the things that they think they should say. Now you're really seeing it as these people looking at him in terms of like, we're, we're going to steal your body now. Right? Like it's a different way to see it the second time around. Uh, But one of the things I, I realized, and the reason I brought this up is because that character of his friend, he was amazing, right? This TSA agent that kind of like, you're not supposed to take him seriously because he's a TSA agent, right? He's a, he's got this kind of bravado about him that, that makes him feel like he's better than, you know, the FBI even, right. Or, or mm-hmm. he's working with the detectives. He's like, <laughs> I do the same work as you guys, you know, <laughs> but, but we'll a little probably bit know better. more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but literally dude, at the very beginning of the film, he told us what it was, what was happening. He says it, he lays it out. This is exactly what's happening. They're hypnotizing people and they're, making them act as slaves and it's exactly what happens he just didn't understand that they were taking over the bodies completely but he literally Mm -hmm. lays out what's going on in the film at the beginning of the film he ruins the ending for you but but you don't take it seriously yeah but i mean there's all these subtle things like like um uh the dad uh uh dean you know he's like oh we we have the basement sealed up we got a black uh, we got a black mold problem Oof. or, and just like all the duality of the things that they say, I'm just like, Son of, I mean, I, I had a pretty good idea that there was, um, you know, that there was a, a reason of this or that or whatever. And I'm just like, well, well damn, you know? That, yeah. When did it, when did you start catching on as to what was happening? Like, what did you think was happening initially? Did, did you think they were being kept there against their will? Like they were being hypnotized to be there against their will? I was waiting for a bookcase in the basement, quite honestly. I, I knew that there was, <laughs> I knew that there was with one of Jordan Peele's movies, I know there's a little bit of a, uh, of a thing related to, um, related to a, um, like a, a not a, not a body, uh, body swap type thing, but mm-hmm. like a, a taking over or a stealing of youth or, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember exactly what it was. So I just watched and enjoyed 
and and pretty much right around the time where it's like we're gonna beat you over the head with it that's when i had a pretty good idea of that's what that's what's happening here yeah uh but I, but the setup yeah. for all of it was done masterfully like they, they show it to you here and then they bring it back way later in the movie and you're like like when he goes to escape there's that porsche 944 yes uh and and you know when he's scratching on the when, when even he's scratching that, on the though, even before you see the porsche there's the build-up that you still don't realize what's happening when the brother's talking about mma and how to subdue people and how to grapple them and how to take them down and here get up let me see if i could take you kind of a thing you don't catch that until it all starts to fall into place and talk about uncomfortable where he's talking where he for by the way He's he basically looks like and plays if the uncomfortable brother from uh, Wedding Crashers, you know, the one that does the painting for Vince Vaughn, <laughs> yeah. if he was like a complete douchebag uh, and just was just allowed to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that guy was uncomfortable in, in the way he was saying, you know, with your genetic makeup and your frame. And if you train, it was like, wow. And he just takes it in stride. He's like, I like basketball, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have this rule against wrestling with drunk people. Yeah, yeah. You know, because <laughs> That's a good it line, goes by the way. Wrong. Yeah, it is a great line too for when you mess with people. Because there's always that one drunk that it's like, come on, let's let me show you. Let me just show you what I. Let, let me let's just mess around here. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Um, yeah, there's so much. Again, it's not until after you've seen it the first time and you know what's going on that you think back to a lot of the things and how it was set up. Uh, but seeing it the second time through, man, oh man, how good was that? Um. Well, I'm sure you just see more layers like this and, you know, you, you know, a what's coming, but at the same time, you know, what, what you're actually looking for and you see those finer details or those, yes. those subtle dual meanings and, and, you know, that just kind of like, you're like, Oh, okay. yeah, dude. Even so like the idea that her grandparents were the ones that were inside the body of the groundskeeper and the housekeeper I, that it was wild second time around watching it listening to them speak now i saw it that way like the first time i saw it as the groundskeeper probably had a crush on this girl at one point and then we found out later that she would she did date the body version right yeah. but then when you realize it was grandma and grandpa then watching that again the second time through and hearing how he spoke about her it didn't come across that way it came out across as the grandfather who was who was a little protective of his granddaughter with a well, black man you know what i mean and even more when when the lady that plays the 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 body of the gram of the body uh uh what was her name Henrietta yeah um Georgina Henrietta um, yeah, it's the same when when she says I don't answer to anybody around here that's the grandmother that yeah, makes sense but exactly. not knowing that until she's in the car and he says she says you ruined my family and what's her name says grandma like oh no grandma you know, that's, it's crazy. Like, well, right? damn. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. It was, it's definitely a crazy film. And there's a lot, again, like we said, there's a lot of commentary happening in terms of race relation, in terms of even the idea of gentrification, the idea of, of, you know, that, 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 that the white people and white people or culture is taking over black culture and just kind of, you know, just absorbs it and, and bastardizes it and turns it into something that, that makes things profitable for them or does things for them. So you're, that's the idea here, even that they're going so far as to now take over 
a black person's body, not just their culture, not just their thoughts, the way they speak, not with the clothes they wear, but literally now taking over the body. That is, I mean, that's some literal hardcore commentary. And, and, you know, when they do it, like you said, they just gentrify and uh, they assimilate, then gentrify, you know, and when they're looking at the picture of, of Andre, he's like, why would he wear this? Yeah. Like he looks like he should be out plowing the fields or something. Yeah. yeah. Like in the way he talks as, as opposed to, you know, just being very, um, you know, very, very, um, how do I say this without sounding awful? Uh, he has a different speech pattern, a different yeah, because he's supposed to be vocabulary. an old white man yeah. that's coming out of a black man's body when you mm-hmm. hear that stuff. Yeah, definitely the second time around. So that the first time around seeing it, I thought to myself, there's something wrong with these people. Like they're messed up. Something happened to them and they're really, it's like against their will type of a thing. Second time around, I'm realizing what I'm hearing is white people talking through them. And so it makes sense that they're really kind of off. You know? I, I honestly thought they were just simply hypnotizing them. And yeah, you know, initially, and he's like, Oh, hey, it's good to see another brother around here when he yeah. first sees him there. And he's like, Well, hello, young man. Like, <laughs> huh? He, he goes to do the fist pump, and instead, he reaches he out shakes to his shake hand. his hand. Yeah, because that's so strange, what, dude. And then he's like, and, and that was the point where I'm like, Something really weird going on here because, you know, it, uh, you know, a handshake is a business thing, a fist bump is a friendly thing, or like a, you know, bird, birds of a fe- feather, so to speak. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, that's all I'm going to say on that, but that, cause I can't think of the word obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, masterfully written, you know, laid out though, the pacing of the plot, everything that we saw it coming is just done so perfectly. And even, even all the way down to the, the idea of what it felt like to be hypnotized and kind of locked into this place where you couldn't control your body. Like that was just, I thought the visualization of that was just so awesome mm-hmm. to, you know, it bring, it comes across as very anxiety inducing the fact that you're just kind of suspended and can't speak or see, and then it cuts away to the outside. Right. And he's just kind of sitting there with tears, just strolling down his face. Uh, intense. It's, it's how a lot of movies will, uh, well, and they did it in Deadpool, quite honestly, is Deadpool 2, where it's like you're drowning. You know, it's kind of like that same feeling. You can see what's going. And, and yeah. I guess some some places will will use that as like a depression, a depression uh, type parallel, like you're drowning and you can't yeah. get back to where you need to be type thing. So uh, let's get into the acting, dude. Let's get into the actors and the acting. This was phenomenally acted. I don't think there was anyone in this film that I would just be like, ah, they didn't, you know, it wasn't good. Everybody to me was on point in this film, the way they played the characters, uh, even the girlfriend, you know, all the way to the very end. And then how she just kind of switches and becomes like T2000 where she just doesn't care. She's just cold. She just flips on that emotional wall like dude nope, this was business so crazy when she's like fumbling looking for the keys she's like ah, 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 ah. they're right you're here. not getting them <laughs> like what the shit dude um but yeah overall acting from top to bottom on point so the main character chris uh chris washington's played by this Dan- daniel kaluuya i had mm-hmm. never seen this kid in anything before yeah you have what was he in black panther who did he play in black panther the guy that led the guys with the shields that they all they did was stretch oh, out their arm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I guess the, that's the only place. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at his his uh, his his 
filmography and I'm seeing a lot of things I have seen or I've maybe heard of. Um, I want to check out this new one, Judas and the Black Messiah. I heard that was really good. You haven't uh, seen Johnny English Reborn? No, I saw Johnny English though. So, <laughs> uh, no, he definitely, you know, he, he for me was, was, uh, so good in this so mm -hmm. good you know he played this character well obviously and i don't think it was a stretch to play the character of a black man and having the black experience however um he he portrayed the uncomfortableness very well in terms of those moments where you could tell he was uncomfortable uh he played the you know where he was kind of used to having to dodge certain questions or be a certain way. You know, he was used to dealing with a drunk white person the way he did it across the table at dinner. Mm -hmm. Like he played all these things really well. But the thing that got me, dude, is that kind of that terror, that, that, that emotion of where he's stuck and just tears rolling down his face and man, wow. Wow. Yeah. He, he did quite a wonderful job there with, with that. And, you know, Obviously, I think his star is very much on the rise uh, at this point. Uh, Allison Williams played Rose, uh, his girlfriend Rose, daughter of Brian, daughter of Brian Williams, former NBC nightly news anchor. <laughs> is she really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I did not know that. That's interesting. Uh, again, she played this character great. She played the character at the beginning, um, basically what you would think of as as the white girlfriend who. You know, she's she she loves her boyfriend. She's trying to really kind of keep him at ease that everything is going to be fine. And even when she starts to realize things are kind of weird in the way he's reacting to it, you know, she plays it off as like, don't worry, let's go. I'll make something up kind of a thing. Uh, like I said, all the way to the end when she turns super cold and it's like, holy crap. And the next thing you know, she's sitting on her bed, like looking up, you know, NCAA, you know, prospects eating fruit loops out of a bowl listening to 80s music in her earbuds dude and the milk the glass of milk with a straw what the hell but it it, it makes sense she's the kind that does not want that milk getting all over her top lip she's going to use a straw for her milk and the music she was listening to what was it i can't remember now i know it was an 80s tune i can't remember what it was now oh crap i can't remember but it was something that was horribly uh it felt very much like you ever see American Psycho. Oh yeah, it felt American Psycho to me in that moment, having the '80s music that was playing, but juxtaposition to the what you're seeing on film. Oh, this I, kind of cold time of my life. There's yes. time of my life. Yes, Dirty Dancing, dude. Uh, and it makes sense. You know, like her favorite film is Dirty Dancing. <laughs> it has to be. Um, like yeah, for me, she was killer. She was awesome, dude. She did a great job. Um. Mm -hmm. Bradley Whitford. I love this guy. I you, love you this guy all the way back to Billy Madison Dades. I love this guy, dude. Bradley Whitford, star of RoboCop 3. <laughs> We're right. not ever watching it. You never know. We just may. We just There, there may. are plenty of other movies before that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, I love this dude. Like I remember him from, from Billy Madison. He plays that kind mm -hmm. of weaselly uh, corporate dude that's trying to beat Billy Madison in, in the in the Olympic, what is it? The Brainiac Olympics or whatever they did. Uh, academic decathlon. That's it. Uh, Get it right, Chris. He's, you know, he's also on Brooklyn nine, nine. I've seen him there recently yeah. as uh, you know, Jake's dad, Jake's dad, but dude, this guy's great. And he plays this character great as well. He plays this kind of, you know, um, upper middle class, upper class white man um, who says like, when you hear all this stuff coming out of his mouth, 
it's like it, it makes sense. He's the guy that's talking about I would have voted for Obama three times, greatest president in my lifetime, right? Like he fits this role and he plays it so perfectly. Yeah, and and you know, just the way he his delivery is just so you know, middle-aged white male and it's just I mean, obviously he tries to uh uh get on Chris's good side and yeah. uh you know, like a typical dad goes a little too far with it but you know tries to gain his trust so that he's you know this whole movie is about basically the uncomfortable moments are people trying to gain someone's trust yeah by emulating them and you know it only worked with ed helms in the office when he moved from connecticut down to scranton and <laughs> nice nice <laughs> but yeah it's you can't go wrong with bradley whitford i don't think i mean he can he plays a serial killer more or less like and and you know, a, a kidnapper and, you know, he's genuinely wonderful. Yeah. And then, you know, but he doesn't, he, he takes a back seat in, in all of it to, to everybody else in terms of he might be the, fa- he's a family man, but he's also, you know, he's the, one of the providers of the family, but he's not on front street, like son, knock a shit off. He's just like calm, cool, collect all the time. Yeah. He just has that demeanor for it too. Yeah. Even his death scene was good, dude. He didn't, it wasn't over dramatic. Right? I mean, it looked great. It even looked kind of realistic. Somebody just kind of clinging to, to life at the very end there. Catherine Keener yeah. played his wife, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, she was good too. She played this kind of, you know, she was the most questionable. Yeah. Like from, from the go, from go, she was like, you're like, what's, what's going on here with this yeah. one? And there, and she, it was almost hard for her to hold in some of her contempt, especially when it mm-hmm. had to do with her daughter and him smoking. Remember that? She's just like, you're smoking around my daughter. Like, it's not okay with me. I will kill you. More or less. Um, but yeah, she did a great job as well. Uh, Caleb Jones, that's who plays the brother, Jeremy Armitage, the dude, the, the uh, UFC fighting, just creepy, drunk weirdo at the end there. Yeah, he, uh, I, I've said it already. I mean, he's got a longer list than I would have expected, but he just looks like a wannabe Johnny Depp in this movie. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. What's, uh, how did you feel when you saw Milton? Milton I, from I knew the he office, was in this dude. movie. Oh, you did? I, you I, saw I love, the name. Okay. I love Steven Root. Yeah, he's great, dude. He, he is was great. He was great in obviously Dodgeball. Uh, he was great in Office Space. Um, he was great in news radio that NBC yeah. sitcom with yes. Dave Foley and you know, anything he's in, he's great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I liked the character he played. It almost felt like this character could have been the main villain. Like he, mm-hmm. he almost came across as a comic book villain type of guy, the blind guy who was an art dealer, right? Get that a blind art dealer, yeah. but who had an appreciation for it and, you know, he knew that the person that that was up for bid this time around this, our main character, Chris, who had like a prolific eye in terms of photography, had an amazing eye. And that's what he wanted. He wanted the guys to be able to see through the guy's eyes. And, uh, you know, for me, it was I thought it was a cool character and he plays it really cool. Like Again, you know, Root is great when he plays anything. And in this, I thought he, he did well. It could have been like a, like a villain. Yeah, I mean, he's almost like a villain of opportunity. You know, if this wasn't yeah. an option, 
he would go on about with whatever else he would go on about doing. Yeah. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays the character at the beginning of the film who gets abducted. Uh, and later on looks like the, you know, a, a night, an 1880s character straight out of Mark Twain. Uh, mm-hmm. He totally does. Um, I remember he did. I saw this and I, so I remember him as Snoop Dogg and straight out of Compton. But other than that, I've not seen much of what he's in. Yes, you have. Oh, here we go. Black Panther. Uncut Gems. Oh, who was he in Uncut Gems? He was the guy that was always he, he was the guy that got real sketchy toward the end. His uh, was that him? Yeah, oh, man, because we talked dude. about his awesome outfit that he's wearing on on Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> it That's took me a minute right, to figure dude. out what it was, but he played Damani. I see he's also in Judas and the Black Messiah as well. So we're, we might have to put that on our list here in the near future. I really want to check it out. He's also in another film we have on our list in the future, Knives Out. So that should mm-hmm. be fun. Um, but, dude, he played this co- great. You know, again, at the beginning of the film, he plays this character that immediately you understand the narrative. You understand what it is to be a black person in a white person's world just by what he says, you know, in the opening. And unfortunately we see what happens to him, Mm -hmm. which is terrifying. Uh, And then later on for him to be this other character, like as an actor, what a great performance, dude, what a great performance to play this kind of, you know, spaced out black person with a white person inside you. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting combination, isn't it? That's a, it's a picture for your brain hole. Um, for me, one of my favorite characters in this film, Lil Ray Howery mm-hmm. plays was, Rod Williams, the TSA agent. He got a TV show after doing this movie. I can see why he was great, dude. Great mm-hmm. character. You always have to have that kind of comic relief, best friend in some of these films. And he played it perfect, but he play, he didn't play it over the top. Like he played it to where a little we, bit. we a little expect bit over the top. like we expect that right like but it wasn't too over the top um it was enough to be where it was it was fun and it was funny uh but yeah you know i love this character i love the way he played it and i love the fact that this is the character that literally tells us what the end is and you don't realize it until you've seen the film mm-hmm. well and there's there's a couple movies that do that and that's a semi-standard trope that you know that happens and then you're like well damn like in goodfellas you know, you see the middle of the movie right then and there, and then that's what builds to the end of the movie. Exactly. Um, what did you think of uh, what did you think of Betty Gabriel, who played Georgina? I thought that was that that character and the portrayal of that character was great. Uh, just you know, there's that moment where she broke, and then she recollected herself, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck's going on up here with this lady? Yes. Um, and then um, what's the other guy? Uh, the one who played the grandfather. Uh, the white one or the black one? The black guy. Oh, he's uh, also Marcus he's Salter? also in a, a or, few other shows. He's on a TV show called Tacoma FD. You ever see that? No. Are you talking about Marcus Henderson? Is that him? I, could, I, I couldn't tell you just only because there's not much on his Wikipedia and I don't see uh, Tacoma FD on here. Yeah. The... Um... Oh yeah, well, there is Tacoma FD. There, this is the guy. Yeah, that's him, Marcus Henderson. Yeah, I mean that guy was straight up creepy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. How about when like, he was coming this, running at him, dude? Like, he, yeah, that was weird. That was that was wild. But um, then, but, when you watch it a second time through, now you're realizing this is an old man who has the body of a, a very fit black man who wants to run and is enjoying getting the running in. It just looked crazy mm-hmm. and intense because you know. The way, just the he way was, it looked he was like going 
all out right at him. It's like, whoa. Exactly. The guy that played the the mind of the dad, Richard Hurd. Yeah. uh, Guess what, Chris? He died recently. He did last year, 2020. Aged 87, but he's been in a lot of stuff, this guy. A ton of stuff. You know him the second you see him. He's one of these ones that has a filmography that if we started now, it'd be three hours later before we're done going through everything. Mm-hmm. Although, item of note, his very first movie was yeah. also Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie, Hercules Conan. in New York. Oh, Hercules in New York. That's right. Oh, get out of here. That's amazing. It, his vo- Arnold's voice was dubbed in that one. That's amazing. One of the things I saw here on Wikipedia, I did not notice it in the film, but the the NCAA prospect that she looks up on the internet Mm -hmm. is Keegan-Michael Key. Key. (laughs) I didn't notice that. I'm going to have to look it up again and and actually see the screen grab of that, but I did not notice that that was him. Um, But dude, yeah, this film, man, those are the actors and acting. Anything else you want to say in terms of, of their performances? I mean, it was, I think it was just all great. It was all appropriate. It was all, um, um, expected is not the right word, but it was all believable. I think is, is the best, the best way to say it. Yeah. And it yeah, was, yeah, it was yeah. something that you could see happening in a very affluent white neighborhood in Connecticut. No exactly. To all of our Connecticut listeners. Exactly. All right, dude, let's get into the sound and soundtrack. For me, we talk about it all the time. If you're going to have a score, you want it to be something that accentuates the film, helps to carry the film along, is a part of the story, uh, you know, something like that. You don't want something that's so background you forgot that there was anything there or so jarring or just it doesn't fit what you're watching that you're just kind of like, why do they play this in every single scene? Uh, kind of like they live. They live. Um <laughs> This one was perfect for me. I thought everything in this, the music for this was was right on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. I think it was, you know, there was that, hey, there's this playing, it's fearful, it's, uh, you know, there's something to be concerned with. There's, you know, there's, uh, there's very uh, African-centric uh, songs that are, yep. you know, relevant to, you know, as, as, uh, as they mentioned in the movie, the movement. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, there's a number of different things that are, there's a lot of different things that are represented, representative, represented within the music. So I think that's, you know, it's pretty, pretty well done. Very well done. I agree. I think it did. It it, it made really good use of those weird kind of like stabbing, uh, string sounds. You know what I mean? That and then mm-hmm. it's a little bit of silence and then a little bit more and the, these kinds of, of stabbing sounds that are kind of off kilter and just kind of are they're, they're designed to keep you on edge it wasn't anything that was kind of no, no, you had it here and there but it wasn't these kind of slow buildups that you hear in, in horror movies most of the time a lot of this was stuff that was very kind of jarring at times things that kept you on edge uh, but man it built tension and, and you know when it was needed um, like when what's her name when when or when when Chris was going outside and then he walks back in and then you see the grandmother walk past. Oh, uh, dude. Yes. Right behind him. You're oh like, my God. That, was makes, that? <laughs> that makes everybody jump, dude. Um, 
yeah, the sound on this was a phenomenal too because I watched this with the earbuds in. So listening to the sound on this was so good. That's when I I, I noticed the the Swahili music at the beginning, the the kind of soft whispering. Uh, I, I hadn't noticed it the first time, uh, and and it made me pick up on a lot of other things too. Like the sound design overall on this film is is really amazing. There's this one point where he walks in during that party and everybody's in the house and they're all talking and it's a very kind of it's the din of sound, right? Like everybody's kind of talking and mingling and he goes upstairs and you hear him walking upstairs. And the second he kind of gets to that second level, dead silence. Stop. Yep. Dead that silence. That was weird. And it's, it just kind of throws you off where you're like, whoa. And they all look up. And, and their like, eyes all follow where you hear him walking around above them, dude. It was, it's really good. Dude, the, yeah, the sound on this was, 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 was on point. I liked it. And the soundtrack was great. Love the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easily. Um, Move on, yeah. There's not much else to say on soundtrack except it was it, it works, man. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it blends very, very well. Let's get into special effects. More towards the end, we get it right. We get a lot of stuff towards the end. Um, we do have kind of the 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 eye thing happening when he first takes a picture of the guy and and you, you know something's wrong uh so we have a little bit of that which looks cool it's nothing that's jarring or looks weird or unnatural it does look like whoa what's happening and, and maybe you may not even notice it if you're not really paying attention I right? saw it. yeah um, he's got that his eye kind of go goes a little like cloudy like but there's thing yeah 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 a little bit uh, but yeah, a lot of what we see is more towards the end when it comes to special effects. We get a lot of practical special effects in terms of blood, kind of gory stuff. We have the uh, the removing of a scalp, which is which is awesome. You know, that can the be removing of a too. skull, which was awesome looking. Yeah, I don't think any. I don't think much of this was was computer generated. A lot of it seemed very practical, for the most part. Yeah, I think blood bags, um, you know, prosthetics, or you know, and and. And if it was, it was a lot of that was done in the darker areas, which is uh, yeah. the darker, which is much easier to do. Uh, Midsommar did a great job of of daytime CGI effects, and I think was that a Blumhouse film too? Midsommar, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was actually. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, overall, like there's that scene when he he pulls the uh, the deer head off the off the wall, the mantle, and then just uses the horns to to just basically impale the the father's like, like its throat dude that was just rough did that deer good. have an eye like a camera foam just took a picture of it too yeah there was there was a, a there was a, a camera or something in the eye because that's mm. how they were seeing what was he it, was doing was it the were, intercom as well yeah i think so uh, that's how they played it up oh there was the the special effect of turning that old school tv on with that video that they wanted to show because obviously that wasn't a real tv pl- showing that that was the effect mm-hmm. and you did you could tell that was kind of an effect it was a little cheaper looking um typically they'll just green screen the front yeah. of the tv they do that with cell phones exactly all the time. cell phones laptops that whole gimmick um but overall, dude, yeah, I thought it looked great. You know, all the way to the end, you know, there was there was a few shooting scenes there. There was, you know, there was a scene where he had to ram his car into the into a tree. I mean, it all looked really good. I thought. I don't think there was. And there were some cuts. There were some cuts that were done slightly prematurely. Um, I I can't remember which ones off the top of my head, but there was one that was like where he attacked somebody or stabbed somebody. Um, Chris specifically. Yeah. Uh, I just can't remember which one it was. Was it the mother? When oh, when he gets stabbed in the hand, that shit looks good too. Yeah, that was great. Oof. Oof. That looked like it was in, oh my God. 
That's a hard pass. Stuff right there. That's, yeah, that's no method. Thanks. No thanks. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, overall, again, effects on top. This one was a top one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, dude, what were your like? What's your thinking on this film? What 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 stood out for you? Like, what scenes really really impacted you or stood out? Well, I mean, the the movie as a whole really stood out. Like when I first like, in, and I kind of went with the movie just watching it and and just from a first viewing and just seeing just taking it all in not analyzing everything under the sun but i i could start to pick up on things as it went uh the reveal was subtle and you know eventually it beat you over the head but it was like the bingo cards when they were they're playing bingos and, and fireworks and it's silent and he's just doing hand gestures and people are holding up cards and i'm like they're auctioning him off. Yeah, and at first you don't know, right? At first uh-uh. it's a to, uh, it's a it's a tight shot on him, on the father just holding up a finger. It's almost like he's telling everybody hang on a second, right? That's what it feels like. He's putting his one finger up, index finger up. And then it cuts back to what's happening here. It comes back to him and you see him putting up another finger and he's pulling away and all of a sudden you see there's people sitting there. Yeah, this movie, the way they just reveal things, like the pacing was so good. It, it, that was I mean, that was that part was like, oh, like everything tied together at that point. Like, like the uh, the Lebowski rug just kind of just <laughs> rolled itself out. I'm like, yep, okay, wow. I see what's happening here now. Uh, the lobotomy part didn't take hold until later, though. Yeah, um, but uh, you know that the the way he was the 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 reveal of his, um, you know, I, I realized that eventually, like he had told, uh, Chris had told his girlfriend of. Uh, of the uh, the way that his mom died, uh, yes, and then yeah. the mom exploited the shit out of that, and you know just more and more, you know, and him him uh, not leaving to you know uh, conquering his demons as it were to get to pick up, you know, the housekeeper yeah. turns out to be the grandmother, yeah, uh, but you know, you know, I watched the I watched this on Amazon and they have alternate you saw ending the alternate with the commentary, ending. yeah, and it was basically him overcoming his demon of you know his ptsd of of you know his mom dying him feeling that it was her fault his fault um you know the way that he set up his brother uh, or the brother for with the door the fight scene yeah uh, where he kept reaching for the door handle and, and he still had that knife in his hand oh uh, that God. was a that was a great setup um you know just just the whole movie had so many different areas and sections that were uh, different scenes, different characters, different uh, the flow of the music, and man, that party was uncomfortable. Yes. Watching it, be like, is that how we white people look? Is that how we behave? <laughs> like, it's right? insensitive yeah. to to that degree. Like these people are being so much more insensitive. I, I I would imagine, but then again, I'm not on the other side of the coin. But it's like, wow, are, are we white pe- white people really that insensitive when yeah, we try right. to, you know, when we try to be like. Yeah, man. What's my man? You know. Yeah. I mean, the last time I used those for that brother? phrase. What's yeah. up, brother? What's going on? Hey, hey, man. How you doing? How you been? What's what's good? Yeah. What's the haps? Nobody says that, Chris. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. Mm-mm. Uh, they didn't even say it back in the day either. I think I was that's, the only one that said it. Probably for the best. 
Uh, no, yeah, you're right, dude. This whole movie has all of these. The opening is isn't is a crazy scene too because you're not ready for it yet. You're not expecting it, and it's really that creepiness too when that car stops, and the camera work makes it so you don't realize what happens until when it reveals the car, the doors open, and you're like, wait, oh shit. Um, it's all last. We we realize it when the when that character realizes it. So for me, that always stands out uh, easily throughout the film. Seeing it a second time through, there's a lot that stands out now because now I know what's coming. It's like, wow, wow, this is so obvious now, right? When you know what the end is. Uh, when you didn't, it just brought you through this world of kind of like what's happening. You think you kind of know, and it really isn't. Um, again, for me, what stands out is, is like I said it before, was that that part where you know, at the very end when he's trying to get out and he's asking Rose to get the keys and she's fumbling until that. And I remember just thinking to myself, please just don't like, I hope that she's like not with them. I would hate that for that to be the case. Cause you really wanted to root for them as a couple. And then it ended up being that that was the thing. That was just something she did, man. That was messed up. Mm-hmm. When her tone changed, you're just like, well, damn. Yeah. And you knew it was kind of, kind of coming. Cause we had already seen the reveal of all the pictures with all the people she had been with. Um, and so it was all starting to add up, but still there was this kind of sliver of hope that maybe she didn't realize what was going, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I don't know why, why I, I kind of latched onto that, but yeah, it, it was, uh, there's a lot in this film. And and so what did you think about that? Would you have preferred, oh, let me ask you that. Would you have preferred the alternate ending to the one that we got in theater or, or did you like the theater ending better? Hmm. So the alternate ending basically is that, you know, uh, is the theatrical he, version when he goes to or the, 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 the original ending was the alternate, right? Right. The original ending is the alternate ending now. And so the original ending, uh, when he's choking Rose out, um, he actually chokes her to death. She dies. He, she kills, he kills her. Uh, and then right. No. Well, did she stay alive a little? No, she died. Yeah, she died. Right. Uh, the cops end up coming in and they arrest him. He goes to prison. Like it's all the way to that point. And Jordan Peele does a commentary over the version we both saw uh, where he states, you know, he wanted to be more realistic because in reality, this is a black man's reality. He's going to prison for this and there's nothing you can do no matter what it is, no matter whose fault it was, you're going to prison for it. And that's the thing. He goes to prison. However, he was more free, right? That was the idea behind it because he had gotten rid of his demons, the thing with his mom, um, the fact that he had beaten this white kind of th- this idea that the whites were trying to take over the black thing. He had won out in that regard, uh, except, you know, the white system still worked because he ends up in prison. Uh, you prefer the the original alternate or do you prefer the the happy ending that we got? Um, I have to say I like the, the one that was the theatrical version. Um, you know, it does tie things together. He he succeeds over this weird warped white society in this pocket Hills of, you know, of new England. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot like the cult in Midsommar actually, like these weirdos are doing this thing for these people. And they're just, all they're doing is, you know, they're, they're changing faces, but they're keeping everything else that was them. And, um, you know, Midsommar, they're, they're giving back to the, to the earth by, you know, I guess there's a similar, there's a parallel in there somewhere. Let's let's go with that. What'd you say about Nelly Furtado? So, (laughs) yeah, I think I liked, I liked the, the, the one that kind of wraps it up as well. I also like the fact that it was the TSA agent that comes in to kind of save the day and makes it so that, you know, it was him that figured it out. And I I do like that kind of ending. Um, Well, and he overcame, which can be a commentary on, 
yeah you know for any any person who is in a situation where they are in fact the minority of the populace yeah uh let's rate this dude we're rating this on what was it five bingo cards bingo cards wow. which i don't know maybe that's not a good one to go with that's anymore not, yeah <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, lobotomies <laughs> five lobotomies we're gonna go five lobotomies on this one uh i'll just kick it off dude i said at the beginning of the film you already knew how i was gonna feel about this i loved this film i thought it was great uh for jordan peele's debut man what a way to kick it off what a way to you know start your career in terms of directorial debuts um you know, and he and 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 he's just kind of proven that he's got the, he's got the talent for it. He's got the eye. He's got the 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 ear for it. Um, dialogue was great in this. You know, cinematically it looked phenomenal. Uh, you know, the sound I said was great. The story amazing. The tension great. Pacing on top. Uh, I'm going five, dude. Five lobotomies out of five. This one is a top tier film for me, easily, easily. And I'd watch it again. Would you say he's got the touch? He's got the touch. The power? He does. So after all you just said and done, Chris, um, I'm trying to figure out a way to work in the next line of that song too. Um, the uh, Yeah, I, I cannot disagree with you at all. I mean, the the music was, was very specific. Obviously, music is chosen for a very specific reason, but I think this the reason that it was put in here, um, as well as what that music signifies, is very well done. Uh, the acting is great. You just have a standard white family uh, initially, and they're yeah. weird, wacky ass friends. Uh, they're dad's friends, so they're like a generational thing. So you can kind of almost sort of understand a little bit, and and um, not necessarily give them a pass, but like you just go somewhere else, and that you know you don't go and you don't feed into that conversation anymore. You're like I'm just going to go be not here right now, and. Uh, you know the brother being, as I said, the uh, the drunken douchebag version of the brother from yeah, um, Wedding Crashers. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, just the acting was just so well done. Like the direction, the acting, the 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 cinematography, everything was shot wonderfully. It looked great. It was very believable, just as a whole. I, I can't disagree with you at all. I have to give this a five, and and definitely, I bought this on Amazon. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'll break this out whenever I have my black friends over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? dude. Uh, this is definitely something though. When you watch it again, you're now that you know what you're getting into, you're going to understand how even like how much better it really is. Like how well-crafted this film is. Um, yeah. Amazing. So much so that we decided for our next episode, we're staying with Jordan Peele. We're going to his sophomore film. Us is the next one. Looking forward to it. Us is going to watch us. There's a family in our driveway. There's not a family in our driveway. Huh. Who is that? Uh-uh. Oh, there's a family. Child scared of a family? A boogie man's family. Okay, all right. Enough, enough of that. Uh-uh. Hey, 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 hey. Uh-uh. What? Zora, give me your phone. I'm not on Zora! Is there someone outside? It's just a family standing outside. It's probably the neighbors. You're kidding me, right? Hello, my name is Adelaide Wilson. Are you seriously calling 911 right now? Everything's good, we lost power. All right, sure, okay. Yes. You know what? 
What? I'm gonna fix this. No, we don't. We're find out what? who they are. No, they haven't, but find I know they will. what they want, and okay. everything's gonna be fine. Calm down, okay? No, 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 that's too long. Oh, boy. No, you, you, don't, you don't understand. How about we all just try to keep calm? Gabe, Keep Dad. our heads, and everything's gonna be all right. No, 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 wait, 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 just one second. Gabe! All right, man. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. We appreciate your support as always. Uh, before we get out of here, Sean, tell them what to do. Wear your mask. If you qualify, go seek out a vaccine and get it done. The end is nigh. The end Hopefully. is in sight. But if you don't get your shot, the end is nigh for Hopefully. you. Hopefully. Hopefully it's closer and not so far away. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Again, we appreciate it. Head over to the website, bicbp-radio.com. Check out all the other shows on the network and let them know that Silence Your Phones is still the best. Until next time, you can now unsilence your phones. Three, two, one, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. Start again. Three, take two, two, and here we go. The little clapboard coming down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones. Your, 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 your movie review podcast found exclusively Blame it on, on the rain, falling, fall. Jesus, keep talk. Here we go. Three, two, Put this one. stuff at the end, by the way. <laughs> it just all these bleeps. Bleep. Try one more time. Bleep. I'm going to start doing the intro again. Anthony will walk in right there. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found specifically on the network. Specifically, exclusively on the network. Jesus Christ, Chris, get it together today. I stepped on your intro (laughs) earlier, so you probably should just, maybe I should do it this time. Here we go.